plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners. We're hoping to have a party today. I am broadcasting from California, Northern California, and you might have heard or read on the news or seen stuff that we are experiencing um, some planned power outages by our electric company because they don't want to have more California fires. And everybody's kind of, uh, although we don't want fires, everybody's upset about it because it really isn't that hot. It really, the wind really isn't blowing. And and, um, pretty much a, a lot of people are without electricity, without power, and it could last up to five days, we're told. So, um, it's like, I don't, we don't know exactly what's going on, but uh, we, I was determined that you, this show was going to come to you live no matter what, so here we are, and thank you to Voice America and my engineer, Josh, for making this happen. You are listening to the Empowerment Channel, and this show is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and of course, I am Cynthia Bryan. We are brought to the airways under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity, And uh, we are still taking donations for disaster relief, although we hope the disaster relief will not be California fires or fires anywhere again this year. But visit the website at bethestarur.org. The Miracle Moment is by Alan Cohen. And I love this. It's going nowhere faster will not get you somewhere. And that just brings to mind as sometimes when... um, when my husband and I are driving somewhere and you know that old adage that guys don't like to ask for directions. Well, it definitely holds true in our family. I have no problem stopping and saying, where am I? Help me. But he just, he just figures, Hey, you know, um, I guess this is the right way. And you know, we're making good time, but if you're not, (laughs) but sometimes you're making good time, but you're going the wrong way. So I thought that was an apropos one. Well, I'm going to um, keep some of this pretty fun and light today. And in our first segment, we're going to talk about shoes and how uh, comfort and what kind of shoes to buy and how to determine the the mechanical um, facts of walking and standing and running. Because if you're not wearing the proper footwear, you could be doing damage to your in entire body so we're going to find out a little bit about shoes and I've never done anything about shoes before but boy I definitely have stories from my life about shoes in segment two we take it you know a little bit 
um, darker view, I suppose, but it, hopefully it'll be helpful for many, many. And that's it, we're talking about divorce because it can be painful and ugly. But the important thing is if you have children is to make sure that you have a smooth transition. So there are a few things that can assist you if you are going through a divorce and you have children. So we'll uh, talk about that in segment two. And then segment three is really all about fun. And that is um, going to see Bouchard Gardens on Vancouver Island in British Columbia. If you've never been, it's got to be a bucket list item, especially if you like flowers and trees and ponds and waterfalls and absolutely beautiful, beautiful species, you know, and by the ocean. So I'll explore those gardens with you. And I'm going to share a cornucopia of colors and textures and exotic plants that will definitely surprise and um, delight you. So uh, sit back, relax. Hopefully you have your power on. Uh, if not, maybe you're listening to us via a, um, a smartphone, although who knows if you have any internet connection. So uh, we're going to just move ahead and we're talking about happy feet. Because research is showing that the adage, move it or use it or lose it, you know, holds true definitely when it comes to mobility. So if you want to just keep moving with as much ease and no pain, you need shoes that support you and work with you and not against your feet and your joints. Because your body needs that well-built, stable foundation. Think about it. All the weight of your body, whatever it is that you weigh, is resting on your feet. So that means choosing and then wearing the footwear that's right for you uh, is going to help you, your body, your joints, and of course your feet. And then wearing the wrong shoes, of course, often one that's not sturdy enough to stabilize and support you. That is going to affect your joints and it can create a lot of pain and it can interfere with your walking literally from the ground up because your feet determine how the mechanical forces of standing, walking, running get distributed to your knees. And um, it's a really important fact, although so often we forget about it. And here experts have offered a lot of tips on the styles and features for choosing the different kinds of uh, shoes, whether it's dress shoes or, or footwear or boots. And the important thing is to be a savvy shoe shopper. Now, one thing that I don't do anymore, but I definitely did as a, as a teen and, um, oh gosh, a young woman for sure, especially in the days when I was just doing a lot of modeling and acting, is I was always wearing high, high, high heels. And as a result, I mean, today I do not want to wear heels. Uh, I can wear platforms, but I have the most beautiful shoes hanging around in my closet. And even my daughter doesn't want them because she's smarter and she knows how your whole body, it can just ache from um, and how it just, you know, you can fall, you can twist an ankle and you can just ruin your toes, etc. So those mechanical forces of bad shoes um, is really something that we have to 
we really do have to uh, think about. So um, with that being said, what are some of the things that you can do for shoe shopping? Because it can be so confusing. There's so many marketing claims out there. And, um, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I'm reading a magazine or you open an ad or you see these shoes and they're so expensive. I'm not going to name brands, but you've seen shoes that are not just hundreds of dollars, but thousands of dollars. And I think the caution is a high price does not guarantee the quality or the wearability of the footwear. So don't think that paying thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars that your shoe is going to live up to its advertising because there's so much marketing claims and a lot of it is just misleading and that leads to bad advice from the salespeople. And, you know, again, I remember when I was a little girl and you don't find this anymore unless you go to a really, you know, fancy smancy shoe store is you would go into a shoe store and uh, the shoe salesperson would actually measure your foot. And as a teenager, one of my first jobs outside of farming jobs that I did was I worked at a shoe store. <laughs> and I think I was 16 and I it was um it was interesting because I helped measure people's feet. And then I then that would I would turn them over to the salesperson after I have found the right sizes for them. I haven't had my feet measured in I don't know how long, and I'm sure they have changed because as you age, your feet change. But it's important to know your shoe size because when you don't have them measured, and again, I haven't had mine measured in so long, and it's called a Brannock device, by the way. That's that tool, if you've never seen it, it slides, and it measures both the length and the width. Your feet might, like mine, have changed. Um because I know that I, for years I was a size six and a half, and now I'm a seven. And if I want to wear a boot, I like to get a boot that's bigger, like even a seven and a half or an eight, because I can wear a big, thick sock with it, and it feels more comfortable. So definitely my feet have changed. So if you go to a specialty shoe store, make sure to have your feet sized and measured and not just one foot, but both of them. And then always go with the larger size, but keep in mind that all brands are not equal. And so if you, um, when you try on shoes and one, one foot usually is bigger than the other, it usually depends what the foot is your dominant foot like my right foot is a little bit bigger than my left foot because I am right-handed a tip from the experts say that have your when you have your feet uh, sized you should try on shoes later in the day because that's when your feet are the most swollen and feet are going to get swollen so you do need to have them sized then and um, if you do shop in a shoe store that is a specialty store the staff usually are more informed than if you go to a department store or a discount store. And some might even have a staff podiatrist. Now, the other thing you could do is probably ask your, if you have a podiatrist, ask that doctor if he could measure your feet and tell you what your actual size is. So 
That's a that is a good one. Your um, orthopedic surgeon might be another person who could explain to you what kinds of shoes would be the best for you, and you could make a list and then take these with you when you when you go shopping, and then put the shoes on a counter and view them from all angles because the heels need to be ninety degrees to the soles. Crooked or slanted heels can force your foot into an abnormal and a very painful position. So you want to be um, you want to be careful about that. And I think I, I do believe that these days um, they're making more. I don't want to say beautiful, but more acceptable shoes that look better, that are actually comfortable. Because I know for years and years, it seemed like the good shoes that were good for your feet, they were so ugly (laughs) that, you know, you usually just saw the little old ladies or the little old men uh, wearing them. Now, when it comes to dress shoes for women, just keep in mind that high heels are the poorest choice for your feet and for the biomechanics of your feet. The higher and the narrower the heel, the more pressure you're putting on your foot and your toes, and you're going to have a lot more pain. So you want to look for ample toe boxes and broad heels instead of stilettos or, or kitten heels. And I mean, I, who doesn't like the looks of stilettos? But like I've always said to guys who you know, are like, they just love women in stilettos, just try them on and um, wear them for 18 hours and see how you'll feel. <laughs> because, boy, it puts your back out and everything. But, you know, uh, again, when I was younger, I was, you know, I thought, no, no gain if there was no pain. But now I'm just the opposite. It's like, uh-uh, I, I'm not going to care. Uh, wide rubber-soled wedges with those thick four-foot platforms, they can help stiffen the shoes, and that can help prevent any painful joint movement. It also can absorb the um, the ground contacts, and it can uh, decrease the, teal, the heel-to-toe drop. So you can raise your style without exceeding that, you know, two-inch heel height maximum experts uh, recommend. I have some shoes that are actually six-inch heels. And I, um, <laughs> my girlfriend and I, when we lived in France, going to the University of Bordeaux, we really, we can't believe we did this now. But we literally would wear our shoes, and they were six-inch heels that we had bought in London, um, from the morning, from the time we got up in the morning until we went to bed at night, and we had those long, like bell-bottom pants, so you never kind of saw the shoes. It was just that it made us really, really tall. And the French people were, you know, a little bit on the shorter side, and we liked feeling tall. But I'm sure over the years, I've paid for that, uh, that pride, that ego of of wearing tall shoes that was crazy now for men look for stiffer models that bend only in the forefoot and avoid any pointy toe boxes now it might be hard to find dressy options with rocker bottoms those rocker bottoms help relieve pressure on the foot and the knees but there are brands that offer really fashionable foot uh, footwear with a steel or composite shank and an inner bar that runs the length of the foot and then it stabilizes the foot 
Now, a few do's and don'ts. You do want to choose footwear that's comfortable the very first time you walk in it. That old myth of breaking in shoes, that is truly a myth. If they're painful when you first try them on, they're going to be painful forever. And don't tr- um, try to buy shoes that are too small and then stretch them. And that's something I used to do. If I would go, you know, if I really needed a pair of shoes, um, and I would go to the store and I'd see something, but they were out of my size, but they might have a, you know, one size smaller. They might have it in a five and a half or a six. I would say, oh, I'll just squeeze my foot into it. And boy, I paid the price for that. And also the most expensive pair of shoes I have ever purchased to this day um, were the most uncomfortable shoes I've ever worn. And they were dress shoes for a gown that I was wearing on the red carpet. And uh, because of that, um, I've only worn them like twice. They look very pretty sitting in my closet, but they're just taking up space. It's probably time to, um, well, I don't think I want to give them to anybody and because if I do, they'll just have pain. They're just terrible, but they were, you know, one of those name brands that was supposed to be beautiful, beautiful, but painful. Now, um, also, when we're talking about comfort, just remember, too, that you want to have your shoe be comfortable, but you don't want it too flexible or lacking that solid construction because um, it can't correct or improve your biomechanics and actually over time will end up increasing your pain and decreasing function. So if you can easily bend the shoe in the middle or at the heel or wring it out like a dish towel, it's not a good shoe for you. So that's kind of a good tip. And then do opt for stabilizing fixtures. And that means look for a shop absorbing slip resistant rubber soles. Those are going to be more comfortable. They'll give an underfoot cushioning. They'll be supportive midsole. That's the layer between the sole and the insole that cradles the arch. And it'll give a firm heel. Um, and that is a good thing. And those kind of features will keep your joints from moving, and that will eliminate any pain and any strain. Now, a firmer shoe stops those small joints from like moving back and forth. So the only place that footwear should bend is in the ball of the foot where you need the flexibility for walking. So think tennis shoes, you know how you have that. Um, Again, 59%, uh, this is according to a study of rehabilitation nursing uh, of last year, found that 59% of every person wears the wrong size shoe. So again, just don't cram your feet into shoes that are too small. And if you have any painful foot joints or pressure points or, or um you know, corns or any of that stuff, you're, you're going to need more support. So the main thing to look for are those wide, deep toe boxes and rocker soles. And when I think about the pointy toed shoes, you know, where you crammed your toes into these points, it always hurt on your big toe. So you want that roomy, deep toe boxes to prevent rubbing and constriction of the joints. And that, that way you won't get bone spurs and um, it'll keep pressure off the ball of your feet. And you want something to rock. That means you're going to spend less time on your forefoot during the walking cycle. And that is very, very helpful. 
I am. I wear a lot of flip flops. I have to admit, and I I love flip flops, and I like backless shoes because they're just simple and fast. However, if you have any kind of um, loss of sensation in your foot or numbness, any shoe that relies on the grip of toes. You know, that may not be a good thing, like mules and other shoes that don't have a heel counter, because you might fall. So you do need to feel your uh, your shoes. But again, I love flip-flops. Uh, Velcro straps and other easy closures are, are really kind of good. You know how little kids have those Velcro straps? Those are good if... You know, if, if you're okay with the looks of it, um, they're pretty easy, and usually that will keep your foot um, encased properly. And you want to choose uppers made of soft, stretchy, breathable materials. So you want to opt for super soft, pliable materials that conform to feet, like high-quality leather, suede, and even some uh, synthetics. And on the inside, you want a well, well finished interior seam be, to prevent for, uh, pressure and friction. And also, you can have removable insoles. You don't have to spend a lot of money if your insoles wear out. Just get the over the counter insoles, and I think that you will just be fine with those. So, those are just a few tips for you about shoes. We want to keep your feet happy because it has to support you if you want to walk for the rest of your life. And I think most of us want to want to walk and run and play if at all possible. So wear the proper shoes. And just remember, going barefoot as much as possible, like maybe barefoot in your house or, you know, when you're outside on a lawn, that's really good for your feet as well. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We'll be back in a minute, and we're going to talk about some do's and don'ts for divorcing couples and how it relates to children. Stay with me. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of showbiz. We're back. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. And we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. Well, in this segment, I wanted to focus on some do's and don'ts for couples who unfortunately have decided to divorce because if you have children, then you may be divorcing your spouse, but you really can never divorce your children. So we've all seen examples of how ugly and bitter divorces can be. I mean, we see these movies that are just, you know, horrific divorces. And then you probably have friends or relatives that have gone through bad breakups. There's vindictive behavior and there's manipulation. You know, some things are really destructive. Other things just seem downright crazy. Um, There's just so many things that go on. And, you know, if, you're getting a divorce and you're not heading for a smooth divorce, it's going to be really tough on your children. So in continuing to look at the difficulties and heartaches that everyone who goes through a divorce goes through, because I haven't been through one, so I can't tell you firsthand, thank goodness. However, um, based on what my friends have told me, that, you know, there just really is, uh, it's like going through a death. And your heart hurts, no matter if you're the one that instigated it. So these are just a few recommendations from different experts and um, um, counselors in the field of what not to do when divorcing uh, when and what to do, especially when children are involved. Because the most important thing is to make your children your highest priority. And so many... Uh, kids when parents get divorced and it it they think that it's their problem they think that they are the ones that caused it that you know mommy and daddy are were arguing because it was something that they did you know that they weren't good enough they weren't smart enough whatever it was uh, so we have to do our best to as a couple to break up with dignity and make sure that the kids are the priority. So one of the things never to do is never to badmouth the other parent to your children. And even if your children are grown, because if you are listening right now and you are the child of a divorced family and you're an adult, you probably felt the pain if it happened when you were an adult. It doesn't matter if your uh, parents get divorced when you're young or a teenager or you're already living your own life. You still feel it. It still hurts. So you don't want to badmouth the other parent even when the, the children are now adults because what happens is you sacrifice their well-being and their ability to hold both parents in high esteem. And that's just for a few moments of gratification for yourself or maybe feeling vindicated because he or she as a spouse was so terrible or did something 
horrific or whatever it is that, you know, the injustice that you felt. So if you truly, truly love your children, and hopefully most parents do, you work on exercising 100% complete self-control around your kids. So you find those with whom you can release your hurt and anger and confidence. And that could either be a really high trustworthy friend, another family member, a spiritual advisor, a counselor, a therapist. But just remember your kids are none of those. Your kids are invested in both of you and they need to still have respect and love for both of you. You don't want to reveal private information about your marital relationship or why it, the dissolution, you know, to your children. You don't want to discuss your personal feelings about your partner or your divorce or anything that's about your personal life in general. Remember, again, these are your kids. These are your children. They're not your friends. And even when they're adults, there isn't anything positive that's going to come of it for you to reveal details um, about your relationship with their other parent because relationships change all the time. And I actually have friends who uh, were divorced for 15 years and had other partners. And then after 15 years, when their mutual child had children, they got back together. (laughs) So you really want to somehow Keep the relationship, if it can't be friendly, you know, at, at least keep it on a kind basis. You don't want to disrupt your kids so they constantly are having to pack up and go to each parent if the kids are young. That is really disruptive. They don't ever feel like they have a home. They always feel like they're jumping from one place to another, and it's really exhausting for them. So the thing to do is... Arrange for them, if they are in school, to have a full week at one location. Splitting their time so they have two days here or three days there or a day here and a day there is really hard on kids. It's hard on you as well, but it's definitely hard on kids. Just think about if you had to get up and uh, move your things and not have all the possessions that you need to to, um, you know, to exist and to thrive on a daily basis. I mean, I think about that. I think, wow, that would be so hard to be doing your homework and realize that you left your book at dad's house or you have a special pen or, or a certain paper or maybe there's an outfit that you didn't know you were going to have to wear, but now you have to wear it and it's at mom's house. All those things are very difficult. So, If at all possible, allow your kids to be a full week at a time in one location. Then as um, consider nesting as a way to proceed for your kids. You want to look out for their needs over your own. So you may not get to spend as much time with them as you would like or, or that you think feels fair, but If you are really looking out for them, then you subordinate your needs to take care of their needs. And they're going to understand that and they're going to see that and they're going to realize that you as a parent are doing everything to be a good parent. And um, and that's, that's important. 
Now, the next thing comes to introducing your kids to your next romantic uh, liaison, whether that's a new boyfriend or girlfriend in your life. Um, You don't want to introduce them too soon, and you don't want to move in with somebody else right away because that that is a really bad thing to do. So uh, wait as long as possible. And when their world suddenly feels precarious, they have to know that they're going to come first to each of their parents. So in any new relationship, just proceed slowly and discreetly and don't try to force a new um, relationship that you are involved in on your kids right away. Make sure that they're going to be ready for it. And also make sure that this relationship is important to you because otherwise, um, you know, you might be just kind of be a revolving door and that's not good for your kids. Don't mention or allude to your children that you think you received unfair financial treatment as a result of your divorce because money matters. As everybody knows, um, money is always the number one source of friction for married couples, and it's a major source for divorcing couples who are especially struggling with each other. And it's especially difficult if prior to your divorce, you are in a position of being able to do more for your kids financially, and now you're not because you're getting divorced and your finances have halved or deteriorated or However, you know, it's worked out. But this is why it's uh, very important to, um, to not talk to your kids about that because there's no positive rationale for revealing any of that money thing to them. You can just actually say to them, you know, I'm sorry, hun, but we can't afford those new tennis shoes right now. But you know, let's put it on a bucket list and we'll figure it out for the future. We'll figure out how we're going to work together to get it. Um, Let's, another thing is to avoid talking to your ex when you encounter each other at your children's school sports or other um, events if you're going to be in a bad mood or you're going to be mean, it's very important that when you see your ex at any of these events where your children are, that you are kind, supportive, and friendly. I know it can sound awkward. It can be a strange situation. But remember, you want to think of your kids. Ideally, you and your ex will be able to communicate well with each other. And then you'll be able to unite for family activities that are important to your kids. Now, what therapists do is they work not only with intact couples, but they also work with divorcing and divorced couples who are trying to sort out their relationships with each other going forward. So if you and your ex have a Cold War mentality with each other, it would be a good idea to seek some assistance and see what you can do. Again, I have friends, and I just admire them so much, who are divorced, 
um, and are in new relationships, yet still spend holidays together as a family. Some of them even travel together as a family. So their kids always feel that they are taken care of and that, um, that the family's still united, even though mom and dad don't live together anymore and are not married to each other anymore. And when you have that kind of friendliness between the couples, then the kids are usually more open to accepting the new person in your life. Another thing that happens very often when we get depressed or angry or upset is we might turn to some things that could become addictions like alcohol or food or drugs or any other substances. And we use it to deal with our stress and our our distress over this divorce. But so it's very important that as a person, you take care of yourself first. You know, that whole idea of putting the, the mask, you know, the airplane oxygen mask on yourself first, because then you'll be able to take care of your kids. You're still a role model for them, and you are one of the most important people in their lives, and you are the one that they count on most in the world. That's what parents, they you count on your parents. So, they have already ex, um, experienced a major disruption in their lives because you've split up. So it's important not to compound their lives further with negative issues that could be avoided. If you think that you are starting to embark on some self-destructive negative behavior, please go and get some help. Again, see a counselor, a spiritual advisor, a therapist, and um And when it comes to therapy or counseling, you have to make sure that you get the right person. You don't want a yes person. You don't want somebody that just sits there and nods their head and says, time's up and now pay me. You want somebody who really listens, hears you, understands you, and is able to give you some advice that is going to be helpful. Another thing is to keep positive, um, fill your days with uh, life-affirming activities and friends because you don't want to be in a low state of mind for too long. Uh, you know, it's initially, like I said, the, uh, that some of my friends have gone through, it feels like a death. So you're going to feel depressed. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel extremely emotional. You're going to be very, very sad. And you may not feel that you can control your emotions. And again, you may feel angry besides the sadness. You might feel embarrassed. You might just worry all the time. And many people also feel like they have failed. And that's something that's always hard, you know, because people, nobody wants to fail. But again, failure is fertilizer. We have to learn from our mistakes. And even if you are relieved to be out of an unhappy marriage, no matter what, there's still that sense of loss because when you first got together, you dreamed big dreams. You saw a life together and you really thought it was all going to work out. You had big plans and, you know, something soured it. Something went wrong. So, of course, there is going to be a lot of sadness around that. But eventually, you're going to recover. And with or without outside uh, assistance, you are going to recover. And just remember that your process and your progress is showing your children not only how you handle loss, but how you handle adversity. So they're going to take their cues from you 
and from your ex-spouse. And you want your children to be happy, to be thriving individuals. And so again, always keep your kids at the forefront of all of your actions. And then uh, when it comes to your concern about your children flourishing, give up the thought that the divorce is going to interfere with your children's ability to survive and thrive. Don't worry about it. Yes, it's going to be an initial adjustment for the kids and they you know, may have some challenges handling it and maybe they'll need to see a therapist or a counselor, but eventually they're going to um, be able to to be happy and successful. The potential is there. Everything kind of depends on how you handle the progress and the process. So even if your ex-spouse isn't cooperating in the ways that I've just discussed, you personally can make a huge difference because you can set a great example. And then your children have at least one very strong role model. And then if your kids come to you and say, you know, mom is saying this about you or dad is saying that about you, don't fight back. You know, everyone is entitled to their opinion and you can just respond by saying, I'm so sorry that he thinks that way, but, you know, he and I or she and I will have a conversation and we're going to figure it out. But the important thing for you kids is to know that we both love you. We want what's best for you, and you are our main priority. So you guys don't worry about us. We're going to figure it out somehow. <laughs> and at the same time, um, you know, don't put all that responsibility if your spouse isn't cooperating for your children's emotional well-being on yourself. And if you see any major significant changes in your child's behavior, maybe withdrawing from people or not wanting to do activities they love or they're emotionally volatile or they start turning to substance abuse themselves or other concerns. You know, they maybe start uh, developing an eating disorder. Get help for them. There are school counselors, family therapists. There are groups for children of divorce. There are so many available sources of support. And all of these will help through this uh, very, very difficult transition stage. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to be happy again. And we're going to go into the beautiful, beautiful Bouchard Gardens, where I recently was able to spend the day. And it was just so spectacular that I think I, I must have taken several hundred photographs but I want to share some of what I found with you. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back. Stay with me. Be the star you are. The star. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Women control or influence nearly 80% of all purchasing decisions, and well over half of today's new internet accounts are women. Typically, women use their computers to get everything done, 
And they're not impressed with all the bells and whistles that on a web designer's website. So they're juggling careers, relationships, families. And the Internet allows women to manage their households, make purchases, and access information at any time of the day or night. So women go online to accomplish tasks quickly while utilizing sites that aim to be useful and focused. Women are incredibly media savvy, and when they want commerce, they don't want commercials. So keep your website simple if you want to attract women shoppers. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style to book a consultation or to have a, a meeting. Visit CynthiaBryan.com. Or you can call 925-377-STAR, CynthiaBryan.com or 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are, the star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion dollars. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called... Well, we are back, and we're going to talk about something fun that I think is fun anyway, and that is gardens, which I do at least a couple times a month here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am known as the goddess gardener, and I actually write a... um, a garden column for the newspaper. And of course, I've published two books so far that are related to gardening, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul and Growing with the Goddess Gardener, uh, which is the newest book. You can find all of these at my website, CynthiaBryan.com. And Growing with the Goddess Gardener is the first in a series of nine, but I haven't figured out um, how to go about yet doing The next eight, I have to get inspired, I believe. But being at Bouchard Gardens was um, inspiring, that's for sure. In Anne of Green Gables, Ellen Montgomery had a wonderful quote, and it was, I'm so glad I live in a world where there are Octobers. And, of course, um, after a hot summer of weeding and pruning and mowing and cleaning and composting and tidying, 
my plots. I traveled to Victoria in British Columbia, and it was such a welcome respite. Um, Despite the cold and inclement weather on Vancouver Island, I set out to explore the extraordinary National Historic Site of Canada in Brentwood Bay. It's known as the Bouchard Gardens. In 1904, the Bouchard family built their home amongst this sheltered Todd Inlet. It was surrounded by forests and fields in an area where there were limestone deposits, which were the perfect conditions for establishing a cement plant. They named the location Benvenuto, which means welcome in Italian. So that obviously attracted me. Now, Mr. Bouchard's first barge load of cement sailed from the inlet in 1905 for sale to Canadian cities because he was at the forefront of building the foundations for many of the Canada for many of Canada's big cities. As rocks were gathered and piled in select locations and soil was brought in by the wagon loads, the quarry soon metamorphosed into a show-stopping sunken garden. Now, every site for planting was meticulously chosen, and a lake was created from the deepest part of the quarry, and it was fed by a waterfall and a stream. And to see what the quarry was as before, you know, when it was just this limestone that was meant for cement and how it was transformed into this sunken garden is absolutely stunning. And, you know, to think about how they did it, I, it was, it's just amazing. Now, it's still owned and maintained by the Bouchard family. There's 55 acres of gardens, and which are continuing to evolve, expand, and attract Over a million visitors a year flock to this oasis of calm and beauty. Now, there are separate gardens. They include the Rose Garden, the Italian Garden, a Mediterranean Garden, a Japanese Garden, and, of course, the really famous Sunken Garden. There are many waterscapes. There are boat tours at Bouchard Cove. They have fireworks in the evening. They have restaurants. They have tea time. And they even have a carousel with 30 hand-carved animals for the children. And that's really delightful for not only kids, but kids at heart. Now, I was enamored by the entire landscape, but as you can probably tell, it was a sunken garden that just captured my imagination because as an avid and diligent gardener, I can only imagine the amount of labor that was involved in creating this lush, elegant, horticultural masterpiece from this rough, grim, gray quarry of jagged rocks. I meandered around the paths and I admired the handiwork of years of devotion from hundreds of talented plant smiths. And I was thrilled to see that the gorgeous flowers blooming in the beds and cascading over the stone banks were plants that I grow in my California garden. Dahlias, roses, begonias, New Guinean patients, cannas, camellias, salvias, rhododendrons, geraniums, petunias, hydrangeas, and the list goes on and on. And there was even a deep swath of uh, deep green shamrocks, also known as axalis, that blanketed the environment. And it was such fun to pass a grouping And, you know, to know, I know what this is. Uh, There was a plant that stumped me, and I had to ask at the information center. And it was a tropical plant that will be put in the greenhouse soon. And it's called the popcorn plant because, yes, it smells like like popcorn. 
So, you know, life was created in a garden, and a garden is life unfolding. And I returned to California countryside as October beckoned with the changing of the foliage, the wardrobe, and I was motivated by Bouchard Gardens, and I immediately have gotten to work sparking a new beginning for digging deeper. So my property is never going to be like a Bouchard, but it is my own personalized refuge and a sweet repose. I do hope that you'll be able to visit it. And just visit CynthiaBryan.com, go to gardening articles, and you can find what I've written about Bouchard Gardens. Well, thanks for being with me every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. You've been listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We, we hope that you can change your life for the better and make your dreams come true. For information about Be the Star You Are charity, visit bethestaryouare.org. Please make a donation. For information about me, visit CynthiaBryan.com. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. I really want you to see beyond your physical being and know that you're already the star you dreamed of becoming. And until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I hope that you'll go to... Be the star you are.org and CynthiaBryan.com and pick up copies of books. All, all uh, proceeds will benefit Be the Star You Are charity. So read a book this week because a book is like a garden in your pocket. And we do have the series Be the Star You Are. There's a trilogy 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, Learning to Make a Difference. Be the star you are for teens. And the newest one is Millennials to Boomers. So pick up a copy today and, you know, be the leader you were meant to be. Well, again, thanks for joining me. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan, and this is Star Style. I thank you and I encourage you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference. And be here with me next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Network Empowerment Channel. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be for more information visit starstyleradio.com and to make a donation to the charity go to be the star you ignite the flame that burns brightly within Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.